कुछ तो लोग कहेंगे लोगों का काम है कहना यू आर ट्यून इन टू डिफरेंट स्ट्रोक्स एंड माय नेम इज दीक्षा सेठी इन एपिसोड फाइव ऑफ सीजन टू आई स्पीक टू दिस सिबलिंग डुओ हु फाउंड अ वे टू थ्राइव इन अ मैंस वर्ल्ड Nikita was diagnosed with breast cancer just a few months into her motherhood. And Disha struggled with a rare autoimmune condition called alopecia since she was very young. Every scar they braved, every disparaging comment that was passed on to them as advice, they took it on like a badge of honor. And yet, they wouldn't have it any other way. Please welcome the lovely sisters Disha and Nikita. Let me start uh, with Nikita. Uh, talk to me about your story of struggle and um, how did you manage to find your way back? Uh, so I, I delivered in September two thousand eighteen, and I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer in December two thousand eighteen. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! And you were just uh, getting to know your your newborn, and you were just getting a hand of being a new mother. and this happened um yes how did you take uh, that initially not very well obviously mm. uh, you know the, the minute you told you have cancer the first thought that goes to your your brain is you know i don't want to die <laughs> yeah. yeah uh that's kind of like uh mm. when a person is told they have cancer that's the first thought that kind of goes into their mind yeah. uh, without kind of really understanding what cancer really is mm. and what it does to you and 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 what type you have mm. and it, I mean there's so many variables in it yeah yeah um so that was obviously my first thought and uh, I had a 3 month old baby in my lap and I was like you know what am I going to do mm. I I I you know she's there I I've just become a mother I don't even know what it means to be a mom mm. and you're telling me I have to go through you know other things now hmm. uh and i have to kind of go through so much more hmm. um so initially yes I, i did not take it well and i think throughout the whole process of uh even even of kind of going through the the chemotherapy and going through the radiation going through all hmm. of those uh treatment plans that are associated with this hmm. um you know you do have your days where you're kind of not not okay and you're not doing well yeah. Yeah. Um but I think uh, over over a period of time while I was going through the whole thing I was a little uh, getting a little better with the the aspect of well I need to fight this you know I need to I need to be on my two feet soon as possible mm-hmm. and not kind of be uh why me why me all the time you right. know Right um So sure it did it question yourself right the, and the timing of it couldn't have been worse um you must have questioned the fact that why me and why now like and why couldn't yes, i yes totally 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 i still do i still do surprisingly i still do uh, right. i was one of the uh, i i like to call myself lucky number 8 uh, it is mm. because one in eight women in america get breast cancer right. sometime in their lifetime hmm. and uh, lucky because uh, i have no prior history of cancer mm-hmm. i have as in, there's no family history i don't have any history uh my genetics are pretty good 
you know there were there was no genetic issue there was no genetical cause for mm. cancer which is kind of like one of the causes yeah and there was no hormonal cause for cancer either right <laughs> it okay it just happened <laughs> wow wow so i i still do question it i still mm. do kind of ask myself why it happened but you know mm. i think sometimes you are given uh, a a challenge in life or sometimes you're given that kind of a, a struggle mm. phase in life so that you can understand uh what you're really made out of right. uh, you know or what you're truly worth yeah uh, and i think probably this was my challenge you know kind of right okay i'm i'm going to come back to you in a bit and i want to talk to you about the phase of being a new mother and the struggles that you had but i want to go back to disha and um and talk to her about um her struggle and the moment that she realized that the, she had this condition called alopecia um so disha talk to me about that uh so actually i've had alopecia in uh, in the form of aviata which is a hmm. just like a patch that appears on your scalp uh, hmm. and it could be various or it could be just singular like a single patch hmm. uh, from my childhood uh, and hmm. it was usually temperament related which is what usually comes to from alopecia uh, it is hmm. usually the stress or emotionally how your health is doing yeah. um anyhow uh, that used to basically be like you know very short lived thing because i had a very good family doctor who had like a home remedy hmm. once that home remedy stopped working when i grew up then i went on to allopathy and because this is an auto immune condition mm-hmm. um and you know with hair and it's just like hair so usually the the since we are not very aware about it as like mm-hmm. individuals and i and i'm seeing this like especially in, in south asian communities so like mm-hmm. indians etc um we tend to take it like you know it's like a hair issue which it isn't so dermatologists usually just give you steroids which would suppress your immune system right. to you know uh, encourage hair growth and then it will be fine but then you'll be back at the doctors in 2 years again so um i think at one point when i got this a little bit uh, like a little bigger you know patch uh, i went on to homeopathy to a doctor in india and she basically cured me in such a way that for 7 years i never saw the sight of it again until wow. uh, you know i got into a job yeah mm. and like got into a job which was very stressful and i think in my uh, fourth year of uh, working there um it started cropping back up again and mm. uh, that's how i uh, It, like and I ignored it because I was living in denial, thinking that this is going to grow back. We'll get back onto you know the regular home remedy, and it's fine because it started as a patch. Hmm. Um, but then I think it just started getting a little too uncontrollable, and I went onto homeopathy when I did that this time, hmm. uh, without realizing the severity of it. Everything that is supposed to fall out usually falls out with homeopathy, but I didn't know it would be my entire head. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's when that was like my first encounter with like a very. I should say a severe form because otherwise you usually don't really think about alopecia. And considering I've always had, I've been blessed with good hair genes. I should say I always had very long hair. I had very thick hair, mm. uh, and uh, you wouldn't really tell. You know, if I had just had my hair tied or had my hair open, you wouldn't tell, and even I couldn't tell that there was a patch. So you know, mm. it's just something that you don't really realize on the daily. But you would, you know, it at the back of your head, but you don't really give it too much importance until yeah. it becomes visible to you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's how uh, that's how it started. Right, and um, you know, obviously, uh, hair is uh, to do a lot with the way anybody or everybody looks, and there's a lot of vanity associated to it, right? And and self-esteem yeah. as well. So, how did that affect your self-esteem? 
in all honesty i think uh, I, this is very weird and i think this is something which a lot of people have told me or hmm. like in some different forms like people are close to me like my friends and all hmm. uh, but i do feel like when i initially got it i was more than grappling with the fact that you know you're losing your hair hmm. i was grappling with the fact uh, that uh, it had just been a really um, hardcore uh i should say you know washing machine of a year uh mm. with work with uh, personal life with uh, different things and uh, and i was anyway not very um uh, like i was a little jaded with my job i should be very honest about that and i was mm. looking for a change but i just didn't know what direction to move in and what mm. to do and how to take the plunge because you know at at some point in time like and needing me the way i was in terms of this was mm. like the this was like the goal that as a hamster you're just running in that wheel mm. when you're you know in college just trying to that i want to get into like a good company and you know do a good job and like you know earn a good paycheck and all of that mm. um and uh, this would take all the boxes ideally and then you wouldn't really think of taking the leap from there so uh so for me i think when i when when i was undergoing this whole thing uh, when you know my hair was falling out and all of that was happening i was coming to terms with all of that mm. i think i was more coming to terms with the fact that where am i going to go from here and what am i going to do and mm. why is this happening to me i know i like i knew it was because i wasn't emotionally um very um happy or peaceful and uh so i knew that i just i just didn't know the way out of that so mm. uh, for me i think i was more grappling with that uh having said that i do feel like uh uh once i obviously overcame that uh, that hurdle of you know where next from here mm. uh i think it was uh, it was more about a situation of just being able to handle other people's reactions views yeah. uh, opinions rather than mine because yeah. uh, somehow for me i don't know why this very quickly became like a way of life like you know looking at you that way right. um so for me it was uh, i think that was my biggest challenge and i think i still face it till date Hmm. Although I'm much better with it, uh, I may be more aggressive about it, but yeah, hmm. I feel hmm. like I feel like for me, um, the biggest uh, there was another big challenge on this was that you know, like so it's one thing to like you know like be uh, uh, strong in the face of someone you know coming and uh, questioning you inappropriately or staring at you inappropriately yeah. or you know even like. when i say questioning you inappropriately i mean like i i am talking about like these are people who have no like they they're not even acquaintances mm. they're like random people yeah. who bump into a, into a mall who would think that you got cancer and they would come and tell you mm. you know please stop eating sugar please stop take care of dairy yeah. and things like that and so on so on yeah and i think i still mm. get that but like mm. i think initially i used to get very caught off guard with it not like offended but caught off guard obviously mm. uh but i think later i think i started getting more um what do you say like nonchalant about it i didn't really see too much into it what i was seeing much more into was the fact that uh even if people who are acquaintances came and told me i didn't really care that much I think this would resonate with someone who's even like an acid attack victim or yeah. someone else who's even lost their hair because of you know either undergoing chemo or whatever it is yeah. that there is a certain shame that is attached with the secret and yes. I think she she uh Ayana Presley talked about this very well and she said that the fact that when you are not keeping it a secret any longer you feel so much more liberated, liberated. uh yeah. and you feel so much more lighter and just like normal because otherwise you're like you're made to feel like you know you need to take this extra five steps to look like uh like you know like okay to come out of the house which mm-hmm. i think is a very um uh it's a pitiful way of living honestly yeah, yeah. so so did you try to cover it up ever disha did you carry uh, that kind of shame or guilt ex- 
and I was expected to do it initially. I I wouldn't lie about that. And Did I think that's the one like that's the part which I was talking mm-hmm. about, which I really had to like come to terms mm-hmm. with, you know. So uh, did anybody tell you what people say? I mean did you hear that a lot? Oh yeah, yeah 100% I still hear it mm-hmm. I uh, I heard it from other people who are like I like I should say like mm-hmm. uh, you know they think they are very uh, I mean of course some of them are very close uh, of mm-hmm. course I have also um, drawn a lot of boundaries now when with those so called close relationships mm-hmm. that I, I I think Alicia has been like the greatest gift to my life i should say mm-hmm. um because uh, this lokya kahenge thing has come up from everywhere and even unexpected places yeah. and unexpected people so yeah, yeah. that that i think that was there yeah i i agree i think an adversity can teach you uh, it's it's you know the best reflection of uh, what society really is all about any adversity would teach you a great deal about the true character of people and you know who to beat out eventually and who exactly. who are the keepers so um and that i yeah. think goes goes for all all of us whoever has been through such a rough patch in life we know who's standing by our side and who isn't so yeah. um i want to go back to you nikita and i want to talk about your journey with um, you know chemotherapy and of course uh, you were a new mother at that time as well and there were obviously a lot of changes to your body uh, happening as well and um you know it it does leave uh, you know breast cancer uh, does leave scars on your body as well so how are you dealing with those physical changes in in your body and what did it do oh, to your self self esteem um you know it it it's, it's a lot of even what disha just said right mm. now uh, the whole log kya kahenge attitude um it, it's crazy because even i face that uh, <laughs> everything from from uh, you know your your hair is growing now no so start growing it like make it longer or or why don't you go and color your hair hmm. um i ended up having uh, salt and pepper hair now i've got silver haired uh, yeah, you know pictures. after my yeah after they came <laughs> back and hmm. i i i wear it very proudly because hmm. to me that 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 has been a badge of everything that i've gone through right uh, and um but i i have had people come up to me and ask me oh why don't you color it oh mm. why don't you try this why don't you try that uh, mm. you know you get you get hair dyes which are natural why don't you try that you know mm. and i go like well it a, it's not your concern yeah. uh, and and b uh, you know i quite like the way i look i don't really care i recently had someone who asked me oh uh, is this your granddaughter and i go like well no she is my wow. daughter she is 2 years old <laughs> I I am white-haired but that doesn't mean yeah that doesn't mean I'm not a, I'm not her mom and so uh initially it was tough uh not only to 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 grapple your own self to grapple with the fact that you were losing hair and you were losing you know fingernails and you were your skin was drying out and everything was becoming you know horrible looking hmm. uh but also with the fact that people do not want to perceive you in that light or people don't want to see you in that vulnerable time of your life mm. you know and um i actually went and got my hair shaved off uh mm. because uh i was not very very interested in having chunks of hair falling out mm. with my daughter crawling around 
there was this incident i remember uh, i was sitting uh, waiting for my chemotherapy appointment to start hmm. uh, and i was sitting in the waiting room and uh, there was this lady who came who was uh, a little older than me uh, a few years older than me okay. uh, and she kept kind of uh, she was wearing a hat and she was wearing like a, a scarf underneath the hat uh, hmm. and she was already uh, you know into her treatment Uh, already done a few chemotherapy you know treatments so she was already into the hair loss mode and everything and you know right. she would keep shifting around with the with, with the scarf that was underneath her hat you know and i was like uh, are you uncomfortable you know because you keep playing with it hmm. and she goes like yeah well it's itchy it's hurts you know hmm. and i go like then why don't you just remove it and i was sitting there without a cap <laughs> on right uh <laughs> and she goes like i wish i had your kind of and you know your your kind of courage. uh courage to do that and i go like mm-hmm. well just try it you know it will be difficult the first time around but hey you've seen yourself in the mirror every day losing a bit more of hair you know every time you walk into the shower you're losing a bit more of hair so you yeah. know lose the scarf maybe it will feel a bit more comfortable you know yeah yeah and the next time i saw her at the chemotherapy appointment she was walking around without a scarf or a cap and she goes like you know if you didn't you speak to me that day uh you know yeah it was like if you did speak to me that day i never would have done this uh, nice. you know and and i i was doing it for myself without realizing that my family was okay with me without the scarf on awesome that is so you amazing know? i actually exactly. asked you did you two take a picture both of you oh yes yes we were together Oh awesome. yeah. That's amazing. And I do want to now We and our bald heads. I mean, we we, we love our bald heads together. <laughs> amazing. That I think that's very liberating. I'm sure it is because especially people who uh you know struggle with self-esteem and when you just don't care and you define your own rules. Um it's it's absolutely liberating and I I can just feel that in in your voices, you know. It's amazing the kind of self-confidence that it gives you. Um especially when you trash a lot of stereotypes around you and they're worth trashing. So um I I do want to uh, ask both of you how was um you know of course you were struggling um individually as well but as sisters how was uh, how important was your bond? for each other in terms of um you know giving each other the strength and the confidence that you know we're going to come out of this uh stronger uh, together you want to go first didi <laughs> nikita you could do uh, you could uh, go first and then i can okay. do shot, um yeah. disha was in a lot of ways my backbone throughout my my um my many months of you know treatment mm. uh she i think even because she has gone through so much of the adversity herself uh she imagine it you know she she just resonates i don't need to tell her uh how i'm feeling or i don't need to kind of tell her mm. uh today is a down day or today is not a good day for me she just reads it on my face it it's funny she's my younger one and i look up to her <laughs> you know wow. it's like when i grow old i want to be like her like you know uh, what about you disha um actually i i people are very close to me and particularly my family know this about me i'm a very big scary cat uh, i cannot i cannot uh, take the idea of injections or doctors or hospitals <laughs> or even the sight of blood i've become a little mm. better with it but still mm. um 
so i think uh, just in general i think dd's had like a fair share of um hurdles not with health particularly but like with different things you know mm. which are just cropped up and i'd like to say like you know cancer again was another one of them mm. um and i'm not trying to like me say it casually it was the that i i would say the biggest event of them all obviously but uh, just in general like i feel like uh, the way like she would so she had to like unfortunately with the way things were and logistically and all that she mm. i think did the bulk of her treatment on her own in the sense like going alone to the hospital for your chemo or for your scans or whatever it is mm. um and uh, just the fact that you know she went through that and I'm sorry to say this. I know it sounds very creepy or cliched, but like you know, taking all those injections alone and not having someone to like you know just like panic in front of or you know just hold your hand or whatever. I think for me was like the biggest uh, example. So sure, uh, no, I get it. it. It's absolutely necessary to have somebody for moral support with you, even if it's a needle and you can brave it. But it, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you want to brave it alone. Um, she's been through. uh alopecia a lot longer than probably i have been through cancer you know right. it, it's just uh so i know she she she's had a lot more uh struggle and and like she said she when it comes to say me she's she's super scared or she she's she'll, she'll always be up awake waiting uh oh you've got your scan today i'm going to stay awake till you don't come back home and tell me you're okay you know kind of thing right uh but when it comes to her she's total badass <laughs> <laughs> she no, can just shut anybody up. <laughs> I, you know, that, that's, that's that's exactly amazing. What, I, you I know, think I think everyone should have. I'm I'm not as badass as her. <laughs> Disha, I want to hear more about your badassery. Do you have any uh, incident that you can recall where you actually, you know, gave it to somebody? <laughs> uh not an alopecia actually because most of the time i'm at the risk of annoying like my friends or people who have been in this in these situations with me i usually laugh it off you know if i've met somebody mm. uh maybe just one or two times and that person is like an acquaintance like i said and they say something you know untoward and i'd mm. usually just laugh it off because uh, i'm genuinely laughing uh primarily because i find this um, inherent thing in a lot of and I, again i'm i'm going to be very racist here. i'm going to say that uh, south asians primarily like i find this uh inherent thinking a thing in especially for people on the subcontinent where they're just like you know they they're not asking you out of the bid to like you know educate themselves they're asking you out of the bit of giving you a solution to a problem they have no idea of you know <laughs> yeah so and i think you can sense i know that. <laughs> i know what you mean <laughs> yeah so i feel like um so usually i used to laugh it off out of pure uh, you know just humoring myself that as to how ignorant can someone be hmm. uh but i feel like i have a uh, post alopecia given it back to uh our quote unquote aunties and uh, mm, and damn. i and i'm talking about aunties her frequency you know at our house or like you know we have like a social relationship with uh and right. then you know every corner you turn especially in a place like dubai where like you know things like your um presentation what what shoes you're wearing what designer you're wearing yeah, your makeup is done it's a lot of flash mm. so um so i think the fact that you know you are even like judged as to how effective you are at your work or your job based on how you're dressed it's a very odd uh, requirement but still mm. Um, mm. i think having been in a society like that and like navigating this society with alopecia i think just taught me that there is no way The, the it's going to stop right it will it will never yeah. stop coming at you but you you mentally need to like draw that boundary and that's when i started like 
actually implementing this whole rent concept that if this person doesn't pay my rent and doesn't put food on my table i don't care i don't care if i share a 30 year relationship with you i will not care to you know mm. shut you up about it so no absolutely you're, you're comfortable in your skin and i was just thinking when you were you know uh, talking about your whole experience that it's obviously harder for you because you're a woman uh, had it been a bald guy it wouldn't have oh, been I- so if you see a bald man even if you will see like a man with his eyebrows shaved off walking down the road people will be like oh yeah he's a hair stylist for sure they're the, you know they're the hippie mm. ones and they've like you know they're the ones who try these keep trying these things out on themselves but god forbid if they see a woman you know and 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 it will automatically be assumed like i've had people actually coming and diagnosing me and telling me oh you have lymphoma oh dear yeah so, so it's not even you're a stylist <laughs> As a matter of fact that you are <laughs> yes i am so i yeah so i feel like you know it's like it's gotten that specific to, to the point that i literally i honestly i have i really have um, i have a good laugh about it but yeah wow you know i'm so glad we are trying to expose the hypocrisy of our our own society and we're a part of it actually we're we're yeah. very much a part of the problem Um yeah. and I do want to ask you about the you know the beauty industry the fashion industry that you're a part of um how is that uh, as an experience um for you Uh so I do feel like there was a lot of spotlight also in terms of the perspective of like you know uh maybe I can't take you as my assistant or maybe I can't do this or maybe I can't do that because you're not really presentable quote unquote in my books um Really? I, uh, yes yeah i did feel that a sense of that having said that like like my co uh, my my batchmates like i've i've done jobs with them like uh, alongside them some of them have assisted whenever i've been in town in india mm-hmm. and it's honestly been such a easy ride because there isn't one person on the set who would like look at you like oh my god i think this woman has cancer or look at you thinking like you know are you like okay or something wrong with you uh because honestly everyone just that doesn't care over there i think i think mumbai as a place is also that kind of place where the pace is just like you know get the job done and that's about it that's all i need from you yeah. um so i think it was a breeze working there it's been a breeze working here as well even on the assisting assisting work i've done in terms of like assisting actual artists uh mm-hmm. but also like independent work that i've done over here in terms of whether you call it like whether you call editorial you call private client work or bridals or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh having said that um again like it, there were certain clients or certain um i should say uh maybe certain models or people that i worked with who were just like you know very dumbfounded by the way i looked mm-hmm. and uh they would either have reservations about the way my work would be considering your not only really coming up with a full face of makeup to work and mm. um because i'm just not a person who would wear a complete full glam to work but also mm. like uh in terms of um just like in general like oh my god you don't have hair you know will you be able to style my hair like that would be the question mark on your face all in all i think it's been uh it's been a very easy um it's been pretty easy as a ride for me i should say uh i think i think the fact that working in this industry did uh, also possibly give me a lot more confidence because mm-hmm. um as much as i didn't want to accept it i think only when you start like dressing women and women are although being a woman and i'm talking this about my own breed they are very hard to please so mm-hmm. i do feel I like whether you have like you know the most lustrous hair or the longest lashes or the best lips or whatever it is you are 
are going to be unhappy about one thing about how you look at least yeah so yeah. <laughs> i think i think the biggest lesson or take away from this this uh, professional part of my life is that uh, um you will never draw the line uh, and you'll never have you'll never be 100% uh, happy in your own eyes yeah. so so i think for me maybe that also just made me so much more like you know um i uh, like unfazed by alopecia i should say a lot more women these days are actually you know kind of willingly going flat chested and and not kind of going in for like uh implants uh you know having implants and having the whole procedures all the procedures done uh with with you know getting plastic surgery done on them and everything mm-hmm. uh they're very willingly kind of going ahead and saying hey you know what i don't have them i don't have them i'm very happy not having uh you know you know something that looks sensuous rather than <laughs> and and pleasing yeah. you know the the, the male uh, folk uh, you know and and probably you know causing a hindrance to my health mm-hmm. um perceptions are changing they're slow to change but perceptions yeah. are definitely changing i did not have a mastectomy i was one of the lucky ones who only had to go through a lumpectomy okay uh so i have one breast which is smaller than the other very physically noticeable <laughs> hmm. but it really doesn't matter to me uh yeah it honestly doesn't matter to me you know it's it, it's okay <laughs> yeah it shouldn't matter as long as you're healthy i want to come back to your uh, journey with uh, your daughter um and you were obviously a new mother at that time right when you were going through chemotherapy as well and there were uh, there was a lot that you were taking on and motherhood itself is very overwhelming as an experience um i know for a fact that um, because my journey was very overwhelming it wasn't easy at all and i slipped into postpartum depression as well um did you face any any of that uh, upheaval um with yourself i think with me it was almost tenfold uh, because mm. uh i was only 3 months into the whole mothering process mm. and uh, you know i always say this uh i have actually said this on a few other podcasts too uh mm. we don't as mothers we are not given the time to heal our own selves i agree we are we are not given the time to start feeling comfortable it's a big change yeah, yeah. especially for a mother you are feeding your child you are cleaning your child you are you're in this autonomy zone you know you're like a yeah. robot yeah. right where you're just responsibility massive exactly. and you're, you're you're working like a clockwork you're just mm. going on and on day in and day out every day yeah. is like kind of a do new thing is happening baby is crying baby is you know burping mm. baby this baby that You're not sleepless, kind of you're exhausted, and you're not exactly. connected to the child at all. You're not connecting. You're not mentally connecting with your child. You are in that autonomous zone. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your grandparents. My my sister was there mm-hmm. when she and I were delivered. There was this immediate connection of oh, I love her. You know, but for me, that took a little time to come, and oh. I I didn't have that. I did not even have that connection, and I was already into that phase. of oh you can't breastfeed your child anymore mm. because we need to you know get you started on chemotherapy or we need to get you started on uh you know other stuff so you need to stop breastfeeding your child so there's mm. this other push that you need to do to kind of get her secure with other things i and i and i don't believe that we can be by the books as as moms or as dads or you know as parents mm. i don't think we can be any more by the book mm. uh mm. 
we have to be a lot more flexible hmm. and and allow our children the flexibility to grow and allow the children the yeah. flexibility to kind of learn and understand and i think that's kind of come with this whole journey with cancer with with kind of not having that connection not being there uh you know yeah. physically even physically not being there for her yeah it just yeah. changed it just changed me to be like okay you know she doesn't want to eat today fine don't eat every parent if if, if we say every child is different and should yeah. be handled differently yeah. why are we parenting by the book correct straight forward why do correct. we parent why do we have a set rule for parents yeah i mean uh, tell me something um when you you said that you were obviously not able to breastfeed your daughter uh were you did you feel guilty about it and did any uh, advice came your way that oh you know this is important how can you not and oh yeah yeah i did have a lot of advice for mm. sure i've had a lot of people come up to me and tell me how can you not breastfeed your child breastfeeding mm. is the best mm. uh breastfeeding is this breastfeeding is that mm. uh you know go check again maybe it's not cancer <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and oh. Oh, oh 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 yeah yeah i've i've had that have 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 another uh, get another opinion get a third one get a fourth one uh why don't you go and get another biopsy done maybe they'll they'll find something different i mean i was like yeah. have you had a biopsy in the first place do you know how much it hurts <laughs> and you uh, know it's amazed at the lack of empathy you know around oh totally totally uh you know and and i did have a lot of that i i was not as hurt uh with the fact that i couldn't breastfeed only because hmm. uh breastfeeding with me also initially was a little difficult it was actually from the very beginning was a little tough right um hmm. and it is tough with all mothers which we don't kind of realize it's not natural no it is it's it just is. not natural you know i hate to admit it but i didn't like it one bit none i, I don't I'm, think i don't think yeah. a lot of mums like it you know yeah. It's a different was, thing that mums do it because they have to but yeah. I don't think a lot of mums like it because you're kind of conditioned yeah. uh from you know our 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 ancestors time breast is best hmm. I was conditioned in the same way I've had I've had times where I've actually broken down and cried my eyes out and I can't do this this is not happening why is it not happening and all of that stuff mm. and but I think by the time I got diagnosed with cancer I was like well this is it you know it really doesn't matter she's she's getting food mm. she she's fed she she she's thriving she's gaining weight really that's all that matters one of this very very it was a very funny thing that someone had told me if you don't breastfeed your child you're never going to have a connection with your child oh i was just going to say that um somebody oh. must have yeah yeah uh, this is just i think this is just ridiculous when you know somebody tells you that if you've not yeah, had a natural my birth child or, loves to sleep uh, or you've not breastfed your child you know you you're not a complete mother or you don't have that real connection as like your connection um, yeah and and <laughs> my daughter does not sleep with anyone else she only sleeps with me right she will not sleep till i'm not next to her the minute i get up she will get up mm. she knows so yeah. you know she she at the age of 8 or 9 months used to wipe my tears when i used to cry she used to be oh. sitting next to me she would just sit down there next to me and she would rub her you know her 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 hand on my face so she knew because i was not well or i was not good mm. if that is not connection then i don't know what is connection yeah. <laughs> what connection yeah. are they talking about honestly <laughs> i know um well haters are going to hate they and wo kehte hain na hindi mein log logon ka kaam hai kehna 
honestly it brings us back to what even disha was mentioning earlier yeah. you know log kya kahenge this yeah. this whole concept that we have of log kya kahenge you know yeah. they're not ready for the difficult conversations no one's ready to listen yeah to I, to you if i can interject i think yes. more than the difficult conversation i think it's also about the people who really have no experience with whatever it is that you that you are exactly. talking about or like even with alopecia whatever else it is and they are ready to like give you as you very rightly said diksha and solicited advice so yeah and uh, and, and they're not willing to listen they're not willing no, to sit down and even talk to I you about like, it i feel like i feel like they've not even questioned themselves if they are comfortable with this thing that they've been conditioned from their birth to like you know believe in yeah. like, like you said breastfeeding gives you connection to a child or like you know you need to have uh, uh you know a, a 32 inch waist or like you need to be this high like tall yeah. or you need to be the skin color or have hair uh and <laughs> why is that necessary is never questioned and then and i feel like yeah. people who question that are log looked down upon so much that you're actually even questioning that this is not something you should even raise as a question yeah no like I, i agree i feel people find it very disrespectful and i and i don't understand why because then in all honesty you know the university should shut down we should not be educated as a race anymore yeah, and totally. uh, <laughs> yeah and then we should all get up social media and uh, and just and live in a world where there is no information Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think it's harder for women, I believe. It's again coming down to the same thing that it's harder for women because men are allowed to question. They can question, they can smash uh you know all sorts of stereotypes around them and women cannot question patriarchy, they cannot question old uh jaded traditions. Um yeah. they just can't question anything that can give them a you know a peace of mind or you know regain their confidence or their dignity or anything okay. for that matter. So um it's it's sad and we're we're in 2021 and we're still you know asking ourselves these question why aren't we questioning uh you know these traditions why are we questioning these people <laughs> really yeah. just yeah. like a like a breed women are so hardwired to like you know either do it right or not do it or at do all it at all yeah exactly and i feel like um i feel like that speaks to a, a lot to your question as well and uh just in general like you know um uh i don't know like i feel like it's a very uh it's a very sad state of affairs but i feel like that's one of the reasons like we're we're even questioning because i feel like a lot of women sort of uh it's not about being feminists or about being you know people who believe in equality quote and quote yeah. or whatever it's just about being like you know i'm a human being and i'm not even talking about how what my genitals look like or what gender i am i'm just talking about how um i'm you know doing this and it may be not what you normally see you know yeah, yeah. but uh, but it feels right and it's not hurting anybody and it seems to be benefiting somebody or whatever and I'm, it's working towards a general purpose uh, and and i feel like there is there needs to be acceptance for that yeah yeah and do you think uh, because you work in the beauty industry the fashion industry entertainment industry do you think that has uh, something to do with feeding into our perceptions of you know um how women should always behave you know pro- proper and perfect and yeah. like they they cannot falter they they don't they're not allowed to falter uh brands are being held accountable because uh, I, there are a fair few which have even got boycotted for not even you know considering that there is uh, you know a certain shade range as part of their market that their actual yeah. market not even their target market and uh, the fact that they ignored certain races or people of color or whatever it is it's it, you know it's it's a great conversation we're having today but i think we've gone over 
uh, over an hour now and my editor is <laughs> going to shoot me <laughs> so <laughs> so let's uh, let's try and get into the fun section and then we'll wrap this up yeah sure um sure. and because we can really go on and on about these conversations and there's so many things that all of us will relate to and we will have a lot of experiences to share here but we we do have to be cautious of the time so yeah. i'm going to start with uh, you nikita and let's do the rapid fire Sure. Okay. I'm going to ask you some rapid questions and you have to give me some fiery answers. <laughs> okay. Um describe yourself in one word. Crazy. Mm. Your guilty pleasure. <laughs> My guilty pleasure. Uh mm. current guilty pleasure is actually finding the right bra. <laughs> so do you have a, a lot of like a, a collection of uh, luxury lingerie? No, 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 just very basic because mm. uh like I said my one breast is smaller than the other right. nothing fits. <laughs> right. So n- nothing customized uh, that you're able to get. Believe it or not the market for customized is uh, almost non-existent currently. Uh, we have in America there, it is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you should put your bald heads together do something about it. Definitely. <laughs> Okay. Um if you were stranded on an island who would you like to have by your side? I would say two people. Uh three actually. Sorry. Disha, mm. uh definitely my daughter mm. and uh my uh, other cousin Aditi because I mean the four of us we we have a full on party. I mean we're a blast. So okay. definitely them. So then it's not going to be stranded anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um if you were given a superpower what would that be? If I was given a superpower what would that be? For me uh my superpower uh I wish was ignorance. Yeah. Only because ignorance is bliss. I mean oh, yeah. I I I just sometimes you just wish you didn't have that kind of knowledge, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I I I understand. I think I get where you're coming from. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, then much. you get to kind of experience and learn things on your own yeah. rather than people sitting on your head and telling you what to do and what not to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, yeah. just being dumb is such a blessing. You know, pata hi nahi hai. It is. It is. It is. Mam pata nahi hai, but at least you can find out on your own, you know? Yeah. Make your mistake, uh, learn from it, get up from it, you know, like fall mm. and get up. That's the best, I feel. Yeah, when you're too aware and you're too smart about things, and then you know nobody gives you a second chance to even falter. Exactly, you, exactly, right? exactly, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that you admire about your sister. Her badassery. She is absolutely badass. She doesn't tell you or she doesn't sound like one, but she yeah. is. No, she doesn't sound like <laughs> one at all. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and what what is it that annoys uh, you about her? uh the fact that uh, you know when she gets into the groove she's not mm. going to listen to you uh but it will strike her later on <laughs> okay. like you know stop and listen <laughs> <laughs> okay uh the best piece of advice that you received from disha the best piece of advice i have received from disha uh, has always been uh get up and she does not mince her words when she says get up she hmm. she's very stern about it she's very strong about it hmm. uh she will just say get the f up you know just get up stop 
don't cry don't just get out you know mm. <laughs> that, that 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 just those two words when she says it, it it just even if i'm in the in the worst of places yeah uh it kind of springs me back right right no that's that's very yeah. sound advice actually um, it is <laughs> No, thank you so much. That's that was really uh, a fiery uh, way to go about it. I'm going to go to Disha now. Uh, so your turn. How do you define beauty, Disha? How do you define beauty? Boundless. Oh yeah. Describe yourself in one word. Relentless. What's your guilty pleasure? Pizza. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> And if you were stranded on a Uh, on an island who would you be stuck with uh i i'm just going to edit didi's list it's going to be her daughter and my cousin aditi i just um this is like my it's also one of my guilty pleasures just like spending time with kids and children in general i feel like it's the biggest stress buster oh um well uh, the opposite of it is quite true as well so yeah <laughs> i know you went at me this yeah yeah okay and if you had a superpower what would that be to influence someone's mind wow yeah deep <laughs> that's yeah. the hardest to do actually it is that's mm. why it's a superpower right i see the next dalai lama here <laughs> <laughs> okay one thing that you admire about nikita that um that she's not someone who makes bones about um like about about an adversity in the sense of in terms of like just in like the endurance of the adversity like like she she would talk about like okay this is you know this is shit and this is like difficult mm. or whatever mm. but uh, but like just the fact that if she's enduring it like the extent to how much have to endure she never like really complains i've never heard her complain or you know ever like crib about something and i mm. think that is something i really admire nice yeah and one thing that annoys you about her Like she talks in long-winded circles. <laughs> <laughs> you spoke more than me, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten from her? Uh, to talk it out. I'm actually mm. someone who's a very big overthinker. I can analyze, um, like the heck out of something. But um, but I feel like this is something which Didi will always bring me back to the ground and be like, you need to talk this out or like talk it out with a person or have a confrontation or a conversation, whatever it is. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And oftentimes that's worked in my favor. Yeah. I I think that's a very very uh, sound advice and it would really apply to somebody like me as well because I'm also like that. and i i understand where she's coming from coming so from. yeah sometimes <laughs> you just have to talk it out and you you know you're like get oh, out of your head and talk yeah, it out yeah exactly. i'm a, i'm generally a very big talker uh, anybody who knows me knows i can talk and talk and talk hmm. uh, we you know that. so <laughs> uh, i think <figured> that <laughs> okay okay thank you so much ladies it has been a pleasure having both of you and your journeys are amazing uh, you you're doing some really badass stuff um your confidence is something to be um you know absolutely uh, envious of um so just keep doing that badass stuff keep mar- marching ahead with your head held high and just stop listening to the stupid advice that you get around you Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having yeah, us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.